On today's show, is this the last dance for the Clippers in the 2-1-3 era? It is the last year in the Intuit Dome. A lot of fans feel strongly one way or the other. And on today's episode, I got one of the strongest, most opinionated voices on Clipper Twitter to talk about if it's the Clippers' last dance on today's Locked On Clippers. You are Locked On Clippers. Your daily Los Angeles Clippers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, sir. You are locking in with the Clips. Thank you for making Locked On Clippers the first listen of your day, your team every day. I'm your host, Darian Viziri, born and raised in L.A. and going into my 19th season as a Clipper fan this fall. You can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Dime Dropper Pod. Make sure you subscribe to my own YouTube channel, Dime Dropper, for even more L.A. sports and L.A. Clipper content. And, of course, Locked On Clippers, free and available on all your favorite podcast platforms, including YouTube, where I want you to subscribe. And let us know if you think this is the last dance for this Clipper team, the 2-1-3 era, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard era. And you got to make sure you uh, follow us on Twitter at Locked On Clips. And in this episode, speaking of Twitter, we got the man that hosts the most popular, maybe the only, but also the most popular, whether it is the only or not, Clipper Spaces during the season on Twitter and he's always got the conversation going right after the game. And I thought I'd give him a chance to come on the show to give me some opposition and go back and forth a little bit. It's <laughs> DJ Primal, the second greatest DJ in Clipper history after the great DeAndre Jordan. Yes. How you doing? I am good, man. I am honored to be on here with you, man. This is awesome. Oh, man. It's great to have someone that, you know, listens to the show as well and has obviously given me feedback in the past on it. And obviously you do your own kind of content on Twitter and, you know, when the emotions are running high after the game, but how are you enjoying this off season, man? It was a really rough season for Clipper fans. Um, how, do you miss it or are you enjoying that? There's not much stress because you're one of the most, you know, seem the most pissed off of anyone on Twitter that I, that I'm around. You're like, you got to calm down. You got to stop overreacting. I mean, you are like the face of the, we'll talk about it at the end, but like the pessimistic side of Clipper Twitter. I think, I'm enjoying the break, but then I saw the Harden news, and I'm like, "Oh, now I'm I'm very much enjoying this." But waiting for all of this moves, being patient, looking at teams that have gotten made moves. You know, you look at Phoenix, you look at the Lakers, you look at all these teams that made moves that got better. What's the Lakers' big move, though? The Lakers got younger. The Lakers got younger, and the one thing that I honestly feel is we got a little younger though. KJ I, Martin, two new draft picks. Oh, I want us. I want us to use Kobe so much. I want us to use Kobe so much because I feel like youth is the key to us winning a title. I'm sorry. There's we'll, we'll get into all that. Let, let's get right into it though. Is this the last dance for this two one three era? What do you want to see from them? And do you? Let me just ask first. Do you think it is the last dance for them? Should it be? No, it shouldn't be the last dance, and this isn't the last dance. As long as you have two dominant wing players in Kawhi and PG and an owner in Steve Ballmer that wants to win, that's going to want to keep putting out 
rosters that help support the team, then you have a chance. But also there's a side to where it's like you can have that same mentality, but if you give them the wrong pieces, the wrong support players, the wrong role players, then you're going to be like, oh, I thought I was giving out good content. I thought I was putting out a good team. No. you got. I hope that as the team keeps on going into the next season and, you know, before they go into, into it, that they realize that some of the players that we love now, that we love then, aren't what's going to help the Clippers to move and win forward. It's just so, it is. So get guys that kind of fit into that category from this past season, Reggie Jackson, Marcus Morris, more so Reggie Jackson because he was so beloved by Clipper fans. But let me ask you this. You talk about the supporting cast. What about our two best players? You say they're two dominant wing players, but the obvious reason why we're asking this question is because they haven't proven that they can stay healthy. So what if it's another season that we don't have both of them in the playoffs? What if we have maybe one of them and then lose, you know, lose early because we only have one playing or even worse, two of them. Do you then pull the trigger and and make a move? Or what do you think about that? The optimistic side of me would say keep them, but then the realistic side of me would be like, they're going to keep getting hurt for some reason, for some reason, some way, somehow these guys never seem to be available in the key moments. Now, is it what they want? No, I don't think any player of their caliber would want to go out there and get hurt and then be like, dang, now I can't play the playoffs. Oh, well, too bad, too sad. No, no, no. It's just an unlucky, unlucky turn of events for the Clippers. But you kind of do need a lot of luck to win a title in the first place. For sure. That's, That's one of the key things. You need a lot of luck. And for us, the best luck to, that we would need would be health. If we can stay healthy, then you gave yourself a good chance. So are you saying that whether we stay healthy or not, you'd bring them back going into the Intuit Dome? So under no circumstances is it the last dance? What would make – what would change your mind? Because this is what I'm thinking. You're telling me after I saw pissed off DJ the whole season, we got another year of that, and you're Ooh. saying, you know what, run it back. Don't even matter if we got hurt or not. To be honest, I would run it back with the stars, but I refuse to run it back with some of these role players. Even and though I, the stars are the ones that are getting injured? Be, but the stars are the ones that are giving up the most. The, those, those, those stars, when they're out there, they make a difference. When they're not out there, you can see that it's a problem. If you can keep the stars healthy, then yes. But just the stars healthy doesn't mean you're going to win. I. Some people on Twitter believe running it back right now with the team we have is going to automatically beat Denver. It's not. Sorry. I love y'all. Y'all my family, but it's not. These role players on here got to go. Some of them got to go. I know some of them love them. Some of them already created mass followings under Twitter names and everything like Morris Muse, Man Muse, all those names. Like, hey, I know how it is. I respect y'all love for them. But if they gotta go, it's nothing. But it's nothing personal. It was literally just the business side of it all. Wow, I'm I'm very surprised. Actually, I did not expect you to go this route. I mean, I don't know, man. For me, if if they can't stay healthy again, like why should we do this again? Why? Right. Like, we're, we're 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 investing so much money into them. Because like at the end of the day, what you're saying is true. If we when they're on the court, we got a chance. Right. But like, isn't that the whole issue? Like, we haven't yeah. even gotten a chance to see the role players 
in their proper roles. Because yes. when a yeah. star gets injured, automatically they got to do more now. And right. that puts more pressure on them. So, I mean, so you're saying you're rolling with them no matter what. Even if they get, even if both of them get hurt in the playoffs this year and we have another season where it's Russ and the, and the gang, you're like, you know what, into a dome, we're trying again. I think for me, it would be more so like, let's say, let's say hypothetically, they don't succeed again this season coming up and they decide to blow it up. But who, who do we go for? Who do we replace? Like, well, it's Bomber. not going to be as good off the bat. You know what I'm saying? It's going right. to be a little rebuilding process. All right. And I was, I'm actually was okay with that going into this season. I think you and me discussed being okay with going into rebuild and trading away PG or trading away one of Kawhi and kind of like being, yeah, let's just get this over with. Let's just try something new. But it's just like if the luck side of it all has never been in our favor, we've got the skill. And and uh, despite what he did last season, in my opinion, he majorly flaked out. But we got the coach as well. When Ty Lue was on, Ty Lue was on. He don't play. Right. We got the front, we got the front office that wants it done. You got the owner that wants it badly. You got the pieces and you've added in the good role players. Now's the time to see, like, if you can keep the luck side of it on your side, if you can keep that positive luck, and if you can stay healthy, then that's the thing. But right. also the main reason why we haven't seen anything work, the health is never in our favor. Yeah, and that's what ultimately the next season is going to come down to. But you've made a couple of hints at it, James Harden. I wanted to bring someone on. At once, James Harden, so then I can go back and forth with them because everybody knows how I feel about James Harden. So yes. I'm gonna give you, you the plat the uh I'm gonna give you the floor about James Harden, a clear fan that actually wants him. Let's hear the case coming up. I gotta tell you a little something about Jay's case. You never know when you can be in need of emergency antibiotics. And right now, I'm gonna tell you, I'm on travel and I may need a Jace case right now. Sadly, I do not have one because I ordered it for home, but the Jace case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use. All it takes to get a Jace case is fill out a simple online form and in some cases, jump on a quick call with one of our board-certified physicians. Don't be caught unprepared. Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. Jace handles everything from online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care. You never know when you're on a trip who could get sick, someone in your family, yourself. And that's where the Jace case comes in clutcher than Paul Pierce in his prime, or should I say a healthy Kawhi Leonard. With shorts, with storms, shortages, pandemics, and more, we need to be prepared now more than ever. Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. The Jace case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use and gives you a peace of mind so that you're not just hoping that you have access to medication in an emergency. Jace Medical makes sure you have the medication in hand. Save more than $360 by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical plus an additional $20 off by using code LOCKEDON at checkout on jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com, promo code LOCKEDON. All right, so let's talk about it. James Harden. Let me first ask, you know, I, I feel like I haven't heard you talk about Harden much pre-Clipper. 
uh, rumors. What was your what's your opinion on him? Are you a fan of his? Um, do you not like him? What do you think of him as a player? Even you know before these rumors. Before the rumors, I did love James Harden. I still like his game because I knew the moment he went from Houston to Brooklyn, you saw that three-headed monster before they got her versus Milwaukee. They were dominant. They looked powerful. They were like it was beautiful to see. And Harden was just so laid back into a role to where he's like, I'll defer to Kyrie and KD, and all I can do is play make. But before he got to Brooklyn, he was showing before then that he's a great playmaker. And the main reason I would love to have Harden over here is because, for one, as of recently, we have heard that Maury doesn't really want, you know, Terrence Mann in the trade package for Harden now. Now it's just a couple of picks and maybe some role players, which I think for a lot of us at Clipper Nation is a better kind of move and the deal to go for. Because for one thing, the main reason they've been so hesitant to even go for Harden was because they didn't want to include Terrence Mann, and rightfully so. That's one of our best, if not the best, role player and young player on our team. And for some reason, he does not get the respect he deserves and does not get the play time he deserves. But now that Maury doesn't want to get Harden up for man, he just wants picks, I would rather do that because now going into next season, if this is the last dance like we talked about earlier, I would love to go in there fully decked out, literally with un a large star power that a star player that gives you not only good scoring, but the main thing I like is a star player that gives you constant passing and a lot of good playmaking and assist skills. Now for, I know for a lot of people, they're going to say, we already have Russ. Why do we need Harden? Why not? Russ and Harden have played together. Those two together were awesome. Now I'm not saying that those two together on the Clippers are automatically going to turn into Houston, Harden, and Russ over here for the Clippers. That time is done. Those players are different now. Age is a real thing. But they have changed their games to where we saw last season when Russ left the Lakers and joined the Clippers, he looked better. He looked more free, more open. He actually shot the ball better. To be honest, that's the funny part. With the Lakers, Russ shot 27% from three. With the Clippers, he ended up shooting 36%. He ended the season on a 33% average, but with the Clippers shooting, he was 36%. So now you look at it like there's a good possibility that despite all of the drama that Harden brings, when he's motivated and he wants to play, he's going to play. And now you're talking about a four-headed monster of Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, Russell Westbrook, and James Harden. The possibilities for all those lineups sound very, very interesting. And then you look at the idea of having two elite playmakers on the court for the entire 48 minutes of a game. Because I know for us as Clipper fans, we have seen our own team go cold in a lot of stretches. And it's sad to say, but even when the stars are out there, they will still have their cold stretches. Then the stars themselves. I want Harden because I want to keep stacking on the star power. And I want to see the scoring stay consistent with another star. 
I want to see the playmaking stay up there because I know that for PG and Kawhi, for all their dominance and being scorers and being defenders, playmaking is not one of their things. Playmaking isn't one of their things. And if they could have people that take over for them, then you have moments where Russ is off the court. The idea of having of having Harden out there when Russ sits, it's kind of like, okay, now you're kind of getting rid of the concern of going cold and the ball being so stagnant to one side. That's kind of why I would want Harden because he fits a lot more better over here and you can have a lot more room to breathe and you give the more proper help to 213. Because we've seen the season schedule already. Again, not fair, but repping this, what do you expect? You have two of elite playmakers on your team. It feels like, in my opinion, you're now making it twice as easier for PG and Kawhi to just be themselves. I don't like seeing the idea of having PG and Kawhi go out there and try to be playmakers. You add in Russ, it helps that. But when Russ sits, now you can add in Harden in those moments to where Russ sits and you have like Russ and PG sit down. Now you have Harden and Kawhi together out there. Now each player, each of your two, one, three stars has their own playmaker for them. And now there's literally no, in my opinion, no coach streaks that could happen. They could maybe miss some shots. That's fine. But if the ball movement stays going, that's the part that's going to be exciting. I'm not concerned about the defense. I believe the defense will be fine. If the guys stay healthy, help defense is what it is. I trust the coaching staff to step up and be proper this time. But if the offense can stay fluent and you have a lot of opportunities to where you can have Russ on or Harden on and you have two elite playmakers moving the ball nonstop, I would love that. Whatever helps make things easier for our stars and our role players. Well, there's there's a lot to unpack there, so I'm gonna to try to remember from the beginning where you went. So, so you were saying, no, 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 you're good, you're good. It's good. I have to talk every single episode for 30 minutes, so it's good to get to listen a little bit. But you talked about draft picks, and that you know that makes you more willing to pull the trigger on the trade. So, I mean, with this strategy, man, we're already low on draft picks. Mm-hmm. We basically are throwing away everything in the future and going all in with these four guys. You're willing to do that. You're down to do this because I am too scared. I'm with the health of Kawhi and Paul. Like at the end of the day, even if we have the big four super team, right, right. If Kawhi's out, we're not winning the chip. Like we, we have a better chance of still going to the second round, but we're not going to win the chip without Kawhi. So yes. if they get injured, it doesn't really matter. You know what I'm saying? Are you willing to throw away all our draft picks for Harden, who is definitely not getting any better, even though he's still great? Mm, I wouldn't say all. I think last I heard, it was like one pick. I believe maybe one pick in like two one seconds. One pick in Marcus Morris and he's trading hard to us? Oh, no, no, no. Not for who? No, no. Am I? No, nobody's going to do all that for Marcus Morris now. Not anymore. But oh, who are we trading? You said no Terrence Mann. No Norman Terrence Powell. Mann. But Powell. Norman Powell, Marcus Morris, Robert Covington, Amir Coffey, a first rounder, and maybe like two seconds. Because right now, if you're looking at what's going on in Philadelphia, it feels like if they get rid of Harden, they're gonna they're kind of leaning towards trying to move Embiid now. That's why a lot of conversation is because it's kind of like a downward slope for them. You got your MVP, but can you trust Maxi and Tobias to step up when Harden is gone now? 
Probably not. If you give them some good role players and maybe a pick to make some more moves before the season starts, then there could be a discussion for that too. But as for the Clippers point, in my opinion, my dream team to go into the season would be Russ, Harden, PG, Kawhi, Zubak. That's your starting five right there. And then the bench would be Bones, Terrence, KJ, Kobe Brown, and Plumlee. Well, we're going to talk even more about the James Harden fit coming up, as well as the two different types of Clipper fans. And there's no better person to have to talk about this segment of the pessimist versus the optimist than DJ. So we're going to be talking about all that to close out coming up. I'll tell you a little something about bird dogs. Bird dog stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. Bird Dog shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but fit way better. They fit way better than regular shorts that are made of a stiff, restricting cotton. And so you can use them for anything. You can use them to garden. You can use them to do athletic activity, even just walking around your house. The whole point of Bird Dogs is to make you feel comfortable and, of course, make you look good. And Bird Dogs use anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. Bird Dogs invented a cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki but stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. Just go to birddogs.com slash NBA or enter promo code LOCKEDONNBA at checkout for a free Bird Dogs water bottle with your order. That's birddogs.com slash NBA for a free water bottle at checkout. You won't want to take your Bird Dogs off. We promise you. All right, so let's keep talking about Harden for a sec. I did like the Houston combo. It wasn't bad, but Mm -hmm. what I want to bring up to counter that is they didn't have two better players than them to give the ball to. So they got to basically run pick and roll every time. Do you think that the four stars, being that it's not necessarily a perfect fit, is a little overkill because the way you're sounding, you just want to stack the talent. You just want to super team it out, throw as much as you can just to have the firepower. But there's one concern, as you said, yeah, the Nuggets may have not done it with defense first, but they were a much better defensive team than everyone thought they were in the playoffs. I think it's fair to say that. I mean, Jokic and Murray stepped up. Like Guys like Reggie Jackson didn't even play, and there's a reason for that because they know what he is on defense. So they only went as far as Christian Brown, Bruce Brown, off the bench, and I forget KCP. who else. Who? KCP. Porter. Oh, he started. He started. I'm trying to think of the, the guys they brought off the bench, but I'm blanking on them. Christian Brown. Green. Bruce Brown are the ones that. Green as well. Green. Green. Jeff Green. And Jeff Green. Yeah, that was it. So all those guys that could hold their own defensively. The Clippers, we would be definitely getting worse defensively with the Harden move. What do you, do you think it's. Oh, I mean, do you think there's any case for overkill being that they've been that when they were on the same team together in Houston, they didn't have two better players than them. And even though Kawhi is not a playmaker per se, we do still want the ball in Kawhi's hands more than anyone. Wouldn't you say like at least getting the oh, ball in the yeah. mid post and he can create out of that? Yes, most definitely. I think the part that I would say would be fine with is that Russ and Harden already know that they're not going to be the the one and two no more. That's the part that kind of makes this a little bit more satisfying because despite all of Harden's drama, we've seen him 
turn from a player that's like, I want to be the number one guy to like, I don't mind deferring as long as I can play, have fun and have a chance to win. I'm in for any role. My thing is, I know that those four together may not sound appetizing. Sure, if they were like three, four years younger, no, no question. But now, the part that I would say would be the biggest reason is because this goes back to the whole schedule and how our two stars are never healthy. Adding Harden, in my opinion, would be a help to take the load off of Kawhi and PG, playmaking-wise and scoring-wise. The, the less they have to do, it feels like the more likely they're going to be able to stay healthy. And you look at what the Clippers were during the after the bubble, during the 2020-21 season, when we were the best three-point shooting team, we had everybody besides Zubak shooting above 40%, but above 38% from three. I think Kawhi was the only one that was below 40%, and that was a 39%. Everybody had moments to where when Kawhi and PG weren't doing it, there were moments to where Marcus Morris stepped up, Reggie Jackson. That, that one game against Atlanta where T-Man and Luke took over and wheeled us back in that game. Mm-hmm. Look at all those moments. That ooh. You look at players like that, it made that season a little bit more doable and more survivable, even though the schedule wasn't favorable then, because the help helped. Now, adding Harden while losing, again, the trade I mentioned earlier, if you only lose Norman Powell, Marcus Morris, Robert Covington, Coffee, and like one first rounder. That's a deal you can take because you still have the young players. You still have Bones, who people have come to love, an explosive young offensive player. You but do you think we're taking the ball out of his hands, though, with your your stagger thing of Westbrook and Harden? Like I he's going to be more of an off ball player. You know what I mean? Is that is that a defensive concern? It wouldn't be because defensively. I looked, I looked up how – the funny part about Bones is that he's 6'2", but his body – Long arms, though. His long arms, man. Yeah, six he does. 6'9", nine, 6'2". Six nine, six That's disgusting. Defense, it feels like for me, when my dad used to coach us and growing up in basketball, he said defense isn't a skill thing. It's a mental thing. It's an effort thing. Mainly, yes. I think there is a skill to it too, like lateral movement and stuff and, and knowing angles. But it's, I think Willis Reed and Marcus Smart both said something like defense is 80% effort. You got to want to do it. You got to want to. With these young guys, there comes an energy and a want to do things out there that it's going to be like, oh, no, no, give me that ball. This may not matter for a lot of people, but in some Rico runs, we saw Bones going up against out there. He had an attitude of like, give me that, give me that. And he was stealing the ball. I'm like, what's his wingspan? He's 6'2", but he's 6'9". Here's, here's one thing I'm not um, confident enough if we take Nico out of the rotation. Mm-hmm. And that is that we only have Terrence Mann to guard other teams' elite players. Because I don't trust – you might think Kawhi and Paul, but like you know we don't do that. And when you talk about having them their workload cut down, you're not going to put Paul George on your De'Aaron Foxes from the first quarter. You know what I'm saying? Because, like, oh. think about that starting lineup you told me. Zubats, um, Kobe, Kawhi, Paul. Oh, no, the Harden, I'm talking about the big four. The big four plus Zoo, 
Oh, who's going to the best player to start the game? Paul George, probably. I would assume. I mean, Westbrook in the playoffs, but I don't think over the course of a full season, you want Westbrook guarding the best player on the other team every night. He Mm. might want to do it, but I don't know if that's going to be a good move. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, this is probably the part of those, the rust stands and shout out to the rust stands that has been chill, not the crazy tough ones, but to the ones that actually have spoken ball. One thing that I have learned is that Russ has not fully been healthy with his tenure in LA so far. Now coming into this season, he's healthy. They're hyping him up to where he's going to be better than he was last season. Russ for the Clippers was good. Yeah. That in the playoffs, he became after Kawhi, in my opinion, our best defender, our second best defender and our best scorer once Kawhi got hurt. Right. Now, is that an energy thing just for him? Yes. He may not be the same next season. We don't know. There's no guarantee he comes back as the same during the playoffs. But if he is giving you what he gave in the playoffs, despite all the scoring, but he still gives you good playmaking, high energy rebounding, hustle, constantly going up there against other players and making it hard for them. You can look at it and be like, if he gives me that for the entire season, big if that's a, ooh, it's always a big if. Then you also look at PG talking like he wants to be on his bully-ish this season. I'm kind of want to be hopeful and, and positive and be like, that sounds that all sounds nice. But that big old if, if it doesn't happen, then you're stuck looking like, okay, we got to quickly make adjustments, which is also why I said that first lineup with Harden and Bones and Kawhi, Kobe, and Zoo, that one sounds great to me. Defensively, then, even in that lineup, though, you have Kawhi's going to be guarding the best player on the other team, right? Because you're not going to have Bones or James Harden doing it. I could have Kobe do it. Okay, but that's a lot to ask, especially if that player's a guard. True. A lot, a lot of conversations. Really, yeah, go ahead. The second lineup will, will be Russ, PG, Terrence, KJ, and Plumlee. You get a lot more defense in that one. A lot more defense. That one I would consider our run and gun lineup. The other one would be our slow pace, mellow, kill you at their dissection type of level. But that's all depending on a mental thing. We could see a training camp. They could go into training camp and everybody could have the right mentality to focus on defense. Offensively, post-trade if it does happen. I feel comfortable with it. The defense is going to be a mental thing. Can you trust Harden to actually want to play like he wants to play? Can Russ turn back the clock like so many of his fans have said? Can he turn back to where he's like an aggressive defender? Is Paul George going to be on his bully season? Is Bones Highland's long wingspan but short body going to be a key thing for him defensively too? There's a lot of questions, but I think for me, I'm going off a lot of ifs and hopes. Yeah. Because right now, I don't have the stats to back it up. I don't have the numbers to say like, oh, this will work greatly. No. Mm -hmm. I'm just being a fan of saying, like, I would love for these lineups because I feel like offensively, yes, you have the star power. You have the playmaking. Defensively, could be some concerns, but if everybody does a good job at help defense, which we saw for the Clippers when Reggie was here and Morris, our defense is what, top five when in the 2020-21 season? I think we were eighth. We finished eighth. We finished eighth? I believe so. I'll take it. I think it was – no, no, you're right. It was. We finished eighth or something like that. No, no, we were fifth 
in the 2021, but we finished eighth in the 2021-2022 season because that was the season where Kawhi was out. I just I just looked it up. 2021, we were eighth in defensive rating. Mm. Um, and then 2022, we were also eighth in defensive rating. So top ten, wow. And then I last think- season, let me just do let's finish it off with last season. Last season we were 18th, so below middle of the pack. So definitely needs to get a little better. But before we end out, man, you it's funny because this episode, if if you haven't heard DJ before today, you would think like this is a different person. Like this is the optimism coming, the optimism and hope. And like if this happens, and it's so these are such big ifs, it's making me it's making people think that you're an imposter. Uh, you're oh. optimistic, DJ. But let's just finish off. Talk about the mentality going into the season for fans. You know, you're one of those guys that you're very comfortable expressing yourself, as am I. But you're even more like bold than I am in that sense. You will go out there, uh, the plan like you know, terribly in the first quarter. You'll be like, "This is a joke. Might as well just turn the game off or something like that." <laughs> yeah. Uh, what do you think about the discussion about fans and you know they were calling you so negative last year and you know, the positive crowd versus the negative crowd. And, you know, what should Clipper fans feel like going into this season? And what's your whole view on that whole, what ended up being like a war last season? As kind of like the ringleader and the the leader for the negative side of it all, because I have seen a lot of Clipper fans end up blocking me because they didn't like my negative aspects of it all. I wouldn't call it negative. I would just call it much more realistic and not really holding their hands, you know, type of mentality. These players get paid millions of dollars to go out there and do their job. This coach gets paid millions to do his job. This is a franchise that has a new owner that wants to go out there and wants to win. I'm riding on that same energy that he has because you look at how this 2-1-3 era has been. You look at the Lob City era. There has been a lot of chances for this Clippers team to finally say, we got one maybe two, but they've never taken it seriously. And that's kind of been the one thing that I think you and I have talked about to where they haven't taken things seriously, you know, regular season, mainly taking regular season for a joke, sitting down your star players and all these players in key games to, to be like, Oh, I don't want to play these guys, you know, having everybody be like, they're playing, they're playing a lot. They're still human. No one is saying that, they're not human. No one is saying that they don't deserve, you know, some kind of like, hey, it's okay. Take a break. It's all right. I'm not saying that. My thing is, as a fan for this team, this is kind of the part where Twitter got toxic for me. I kind of only started reacting like this when Twitter came into my life. You see a lot more people talking more ish, and it gets annoying. And when they talk about your team and you can't defend them, it's like, You look at the one thing that will change the Clippers' fate moving forward, a title. If they get a title, the fan base that is so small grows. The respect becomes more. People will actually – We just become more. We become respected by everyone no matter what they can say. They can hate all they want, but they can't change history. And especially in this city, Laker fans, all they talk about is titles. You can't say nothing to the title. And that's why – that is why – that's why I'm a little bit happy. I know Laker fans are going to think I'm lying, but I'm not because I got the receipts to prove it. But that's why winning the bubble championship, if that would have been our first ring, it would have never been respected. We would have never been taken seriously. And it would have been ridiculed even more to me than the Lakers winning. So 
again, you're absolutely right. The title is everything. Whether we get that this year, I do not know. But DJ, let the people know where they can find you for content all throughout the season um, on Twitter and whatever platform you push. You guys can follow me if you like, if you want the negativity, or I call it the realistic side of it all. Or but, the very hopeful DJ we saw today. I'm only doing this because I hope that trade goes through. If that trade goes through, I, t- I tweeted it earlier. If the Clippers do what they need to do, which is I'm hinting at the trade and putting the right players in, they will win. They will have a good chance. But you can follow me at Mr.DJF underscore Primal, capital M, capital D, and capital P. I just changed it on TikTok, so I will be doing some rants over there, too. You can find all the aggressiveness over there, most likely. You can listen to the spaces on Twitter with that same name as well. I'm not giving you all my Instagram, though. That's a whole different side of me. <laughs> all yeah. good. Thanks so much for coming on. You already know where you can find me, Twitter and Instagram at Dime Dropper Pod. Subscribe to my own YouTube channel, Dime Dropper, and make sure you hit the notification bell on this channel. So you Subscribe. know every single time we post a video, we're trying to get locked on Clippers to 4K this season. And I gotta, I'm hoping we hit that right away. So let's do that. Tell all your Clipper fan friends, the only five-day-a-week Clipper podcast. The age-old proverb continues. Go Clippers. Clippers.